We all want to build wealth, make money, and make our money work for us, right? But sometimes learning about money can feel so overwhelming and it's wrapped up in all kinds of mindset messes and societal norms. I consider myself a pretty financially savvy person. I have a double major in accounting and finance and have been a real estate investor for the last 10 years. But there is definitely a lot I do not know about finances and money, and today's topic is one of those. Today, we're talking with Aileen Osorio, Content and Community Manager from NetCoins about cryptocurrency. NetCoins, if you haven't heard of them, is on a mission to make buying and selling crypto an easy and successful experience for all Canadians. They are founded in 2014 and have over 10 years of diverse industry experience amongst its leadership team, and now they're one of Canada's most experienced and trusted cryptocurrency companies. So if you're like me and you don't fully understand what Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, the blockchain, all those things, what that means, chances are that if you don't understand it, you're not investing in it, which by the way, is kind of smart, you know, know what you're investing in. But I know that you're super curious about it and not knowing and not understanding something is not an excuse. Am I right? That's why I'm so excited to have Aylin here today to learn from myself and to share with you. In today's episode, you're going to learn what is cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and what it all means. You're going to learn what you need to know before you invest in any cryptocurrency. You're going to learn how to assess risk and our suggestions, just our personal suggestions for smart investing. You're going to hear us talk about how cryptocurrency is changing the world of inequality and humanitarianism, and most of all, how and why you as a woman can make the world a better place by becoming wealthy. Now remember this, neither Aylin or myself are investment professionals, and I tell you this you know, in part because my lawyer wants me to tell you, but also because we are normal women who believe in building wealth and getting educated, and we want to help you do the same. So listen up, Golden Girl. By the end of this episode, you're going to understand what cryptocurrency is, where it is, how it's going, where it's been, and how it might fit into your own personal wealth and investment strategy. Welcome to the Golden Girls Podcast, where we believe you can have it all. I'm your host, Lisa Michaud, and I'm spilling tangible tips, goal-getting strategies, and real-life stories to inspire you to tackle your biggest dreams. You're a woman who knows you're made for more. Get ready to leave the excuses and self-doubt behind by being vulnerable, sharing your truth, and having honest conversations so you can succeed on your terms. Together, we'll set goals you'll actually achieve by staying motivated, having fun, and building a community of women empowering women. It's time to tap into your best self, get confident, and truly have it all. Golden Girl, let's dive in. Well, hey there, and welcome to Golden Girls Podcast. I'm so excited to have ALN here. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, let me just tell you a little bit about Aylin, and then she's going to tell you more about herself. So she's here today because she is fascinated by the next frontier of money, Bitcoin, you might say, and all of its possibilities. From the philosophy to the technology behind Bitcoin, she spends her days studying and writing about the future of money. She lives for radical ideas that change the world through technology and goodwill at a massive scale. The big thing I love about Aylin too is that she is passionate about educating women about money and crypto, and that's why she's here today. So thanks for being here. I'm so happy to be here to have this uh, very important conversation, which is so timely and so needed, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now. It really is. It really yeah. is. Okay, so you have a really fascinating story. Can you tell us a little bit about you and how you ended up working in cryptocurrency? Because I have a feeling you didn't write that down when you were like <laughs> five years old writing your lifetime goals, right? No, no, no. I um, Yeah, a little bit about me. I'm originally from Venezuela and I came to Canada about, oh gosh, over 10 years ago. 
Um, and so after graduating from university, I worked in tech and from there went to real estate and then went into conservation and then back into tech, but this time with cryptocurrencies. And, and the reason why I was intentional about switching my careers multiple times was based on this advice that I received um, in my time at Hootsuite with uh, the CRO there at the time. And he said, you know, in your 20s and when you're young, try to change and discover things, you know, explore different things try different business units, because eventually when you're older and you're a leader, you know how every business unit works. And that was kind of like the first time that this person put the idea that I could be a leader and to think that far ahead and prepare for it. And so I took his words of advice so seriously. And that's when I made it my intention for my twenties to be like, I'm not going to focus in on one thing. I'm going to try as many things as I can. And so then that's why I kind of changed around in my career. And what's been really interesting that I would say that learning about cryptocurrencies is probably the most fascinating part of my whole career. And I'm not saying that because I'm working on Netcoins, but truly it has blown my mind. It's been amazing. Okay. So cool. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. It's amazing. Um, and that's such great advice too for anybody looking to round out their careers, like to get experience in different things. What yeah. awesome advice. Mm-hmm. So cryptocurrency, let's just dive in right there. So I'm going to be honest and you know this, I have yeah. a double major in accounting and finance and I consider myself pretty financially savvy mm-hmm. and I still don't fully understand it. The only reason I understand it a little bit is because I listened to you on another podcast. <laughs> So for anybody else who is like me, you know, four days ago and was like, what is cryptocurrency? Is it Bitcoin? Is that the same thing? Is it different? Like, can you explain to us what the heck it is and why it's so interesting? It's a great question. And you know what? I've been at Netcoins for a year. And when I first started, I was in the same place. What the heck is cryptocurrency? Why, Why crypto? Why do we need a new currency? Why is it so complicated? I could not find any website, any video that explained it in a way that I could understand it. And I felt frustrated by that. And then that frustration became into anger. Like, why is this just, you know, it feels elitist. Like it just belongs to the technologists. And how am I supposed to do my work? Um, but I kept at it. It took me a while to finally understand it. Mm-hmm. And so I've made it my mission uh, to bring it to women. Mm. around Canada. But yeah, to answer your question, cryptocurrencies are money. They're digital money, right? Um, Just like say the US dollar or the yen or the euro, but they're not backed by any central institution like a bank or a government or a corporation. It's just a group of people coming together and sort of self-managing their money. That's a little bit of, of what it is. And people have a hard time trying to accept cryptocurrencies as money. Right. Because if you look at our generation, when we were born, there was the U.S. dollar as a global currency. Right. And there's the Canadian dollar as a currency. But really, throughout history, currencies have changed and evolved. Yeah. Talk to us about this because this is fascinating. And and I think it's also interesting on this whole I, – I think I know where you're going to go with this. Like mm-hmm. that we, we t- wrap up all these things on money, but money is just – money is just energy. And it's looked different throughout, the, throughout different times. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to express value. Anything can be the form of money. If we all agree that it's going to be money. Yeah. So what does that look like through history and how do we get here? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So um, there's been, oh my gosh, so many things that have acted as money, like feathers, beads, um, cattle, tobacco, alcohol, precious metals like gold, silver, and copper, and then paper money. You know, obviously when you go from gold to paper money, everybody was like, are you kidding me? Like this paper uh, money is worth nothing. You're telling me that I'm going away from gold. So every time there's been a new currency, there has been like massive upheaval and rioting. And it's not never been an easy acceptance. It's taking a really long time. And when we went from paper money, we went to plastic money, which is 
credit card money or credit cards. And when that happened, people were like, you're saying that this piece of plastic is money. Like, you know, and it took a while, like, you know, I think the credit cards were invented in 1950 and it took about 40 years for them to be globally accepted. And when we look at Bitcoin, it's only really about 10 years old. So it's expected to have some sort of backlash and people being, you know, frustrated and just wanting to hold on to what they know. Right. But um, it's, it's been, you know, the only true thing that has uh, about money is that it changes throughout history and paper money, you know, personally, I think has run its course. Now we need a money that is fair, that is easily accessible, that we all know how it works. And it's not just confined to four walls by a group of men that make all the decisions. And then Monday morning comes and we're like, wait, what? <laughs> what now I have to change my way of living, for example, like, you know, in India, you know, one day the, the government announced we're going to ban these 500 uh, rupees, the bills that were 500 rupees overnight, just like that. So you wake up one morning and then this sort of cash you have in India is very cash heavy um, and they no longer have their money. So, you know, these are very real things that happen around the world. In Canada, we're very privileged that there is a bit more stability, but it's very important that we understand how the rest of the world is functioning, because if we look back at history, global powers shift all the time, mm -hmm. right? And the U.S. isn't going to be at the top of the empire forever. At some point, it's going to go down. A lot of Bitcoiners believe that it's already on its descent, but that's sort of what Bitcoin is, is, is this money where... There is nobody that's controlling it, nobody that's making executive decisions on it, nobody that's making these decisions to keep the poor people down while the rich people print money to uh, feed it to themselves first and then the rest of the people. So that's kind of like the really powerful thing about Bitcoin, that it's the people's money and that we don't need to be uh, to ask permission to use it. Mm. I think you, there's so many great points there. And I think that's such an interesting way of understanding it. And when we think about the way that money has changed over history and that it's really just an exchange of value, that's all that it is. Totally. Um, it, that for me was a really big, like, aha, I get this. Right. One of the other things too, you know, I think in Canada, we are, I'm, you know, I'm recording this in Canada. We're in Canada together. Um, a lot of our listeners are in Canada, the US, uh, the UK, a lot of kind of stable countries. Yeah. But even in these quote stable countries, like there's still risks, right? You know, inflation is a is a thing yes. that can, <sighs> you know, like when the, the governments can literally, which they have this year especially, yeah. decided to print all this money, which can make our own currency, which can devalue it and make our mm -hmm. assets worth less. So you know, I think it's something that's very um, easy as a Canadian to look at another country that's maybe not as stable and say, oh, that's a risk there, but not here, or to think it's like an, a problem that we don't have or won't have to think about. But I think you have a lot of great points there that, you know, empires rise and fall, things change. And if we've, if 2020 shown us anything, it's that like any freaking thing can change. Um, and that we don't ultimately have control over this. Like, and in 2020 is a great example of what, what happens when it, it'll be interesting to see the next couple of years with all the governments printing so much money, what that's going to do to the value of our money. Right. And a lot of people don't understand inflation. It's this word that we've all heard it growing up. We've heard it read it in our textbooks, but what really is it, you know? And like what you're saying, we're printing so much money. I mean, in general, outside of 2020, we're printing so much money and then COVID happens and people lose their jobs. So the governments have to print money to help them pay their bills, which is great in the short term, but in the long term, having all this extra money is going to devalue it, like you're saying it. And so then that seems kind of like this really far away concept, but really this money in your savings account is just shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And by the time that you retire and women tend to outlive men. So by the time we're older, really all that money that we 
worked so hard for that, you know, we hated our jobs and we were miserable. And I hope that's what we're here to change. (laughs) (laughs) And, And you worked so hard for it and you were so good at budgeting and you did all the right things, but then it still lost its value because of the decisions that were made by governments. And so mm-hmm. that's why, you know, a lot of people say, well, I really want to protect my cash. And the most, the majority of the people will think that their cash is protected with banks. But again, it's losing value there. And that's why a lot of savvy investors are seeing that. And they're saying, if you go on Twitter, they're all saying, we're headed towards a great monetary inflation. Like we're not going to feel the impact of inflation until maybe a couple of years and five years. We're not going to feel it until long term. And so these savvy investors, these really wealthy investors, billionaire investors, they're all now putting their cash into Bitcoin, which is really a really different way of thinking about Bitcoin. So Mm -hmm. all of us think that it's a safer option, right? Totally. Totally. Because my husband and I were just, and I want to be really open on this whole conversation that I don't know a lot and I'm still learning. And uh, my tendency is to go with more, like some more stable options. And that was Mm -hmm. the conversation my husband and I were just having was like, why haven't we invested in Bitcoin? And we're like, oh, because it's just like not stable. It seems a little risky. It seems all these yeah. things. But there is a lot of big companies that are entering the scene. Can you yeah. speak to that? Like, I think there's a lot of that happening even right now. Yeah. To your first point about it, its volatility, yes, maybe it's not as safe as a Canadian dollar, but it's more stable than a lot of currencies around the world. That's the thing is that we we always just focus on our little bubble. We never really zoom out. But really, like Bitcoin, for example, can be more stable than the Venezuelan currency, which is insane hyperinflation. And so you start to see pockets of populations around the world that are saying, you know, my currency is so useless. It's not worth anything. I cannot survive on it. I'm going into digital currencies. And so you're starting to see the adoption and the use case happen more around the world than here. Because here we're just comfortable. It works. Why change the system? Right. But, you know, hopefully, yeah, hopefully by that way of thinking that sort of staying in that comfortable space, we're falling behind. You know, the whole world is kind of now that they're going digital, there's a competition that's happening on how the financial world is being revolutionized and we're just sleeping on it. Mainstream media isn't going to talk about it because it's controlled by governments and banks. Right. Okay, this is so cool. This is like blowing my mind. I absolutely love this. And that like this is the whole thing Like, I love to learn about and to be pushed outside of my comfort zone. So mm-hmm. thank you for saying that. It's so great. That's such a limiting belief that I had. And believe me, I'm going like to go downstairs and talk to my husband, Troy, and be like, hey, babe, <laughs> guess what? it's actually not more unstable. And <laughs> let's get the money. Let's go invest. Yeah. Um, but no, that's a great perspective because it's so true. Because like that's – um. That's why it's so important to always be reflecting and always be learning in, in general. And I think especially when it comes to money is because we can get stuck in complacency and safety in our own bubble. But yeah. when we start to look beyond it, like there are always opportunities. There's always different things happening and shifting. Mm-hmm. So that's so interesting. Like my perspective as a Canadian of Bitcoin being volatile is is real. But from a Venezuelan perspective or from other people, they're like, no, this is like, this is the only thing that's going to help me survive and stay stable. So that's really fascinating to look mm-hmm. at. So yeah, cool. I love yeah, that. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. No, of course. I love it. Okay. Um, so can I ask you that question again, like around big, yes. big companies? I think yes. there's some big names coming in here. Yes. So totally. I was going to get to that too. But um, there, we're starting to see, again, really 2020, and a lot of Bitcoiners are saying this is a year for Bitcoin. Now we're going to a place where Bitcoin's not going back. There's a saying I recently heard. It's, um, you can't turn an omelet back to an egg. That's the point that we're with Bitcoin, right? So again, inflation, governments are making decisions that we don't know what, you know about, that we don't know the impact is going to have on us long term. So uh, corporations, mainly like say MicroStrategy, which is a business intelligence company, took about $425 million of their cash reserve 
and said, if we keep it as a US dollar, it's like throwing money into the toilet. And so we're going to put all of that, I think it was like 85%, maybe if my math is right, into Bitcoin. It, I mean, that is huge. And so when they did that, it was essentially giving the green light to corporate America to say, it's okay to go into Bitcoin. And so we're starting to see all these other companies now quietly uh, transfer their cash into Bitcoin, mm. which, is, which is huge. And so then you're starting to see also, and I read online all the time, these banks around the world are you know, kind of in a place where like, well, if you can't beat them, then join them. And so they're starting to think about creating their own digital currencies. Mm. And it, there's a rush right now of all these banks freaking out. Like, listen, people know what's happening. They're getting educated. They're going into Bitcoin. We're seeing more Canadians invest in Bitcoin month over month. Like we've got to change it and we've got to change fast. How do we do this? Because ultimately we want them to come to us to get those digital currencies. So if you buy your own digital currencies now, you're in control. You're kind of powerful because you have this money that no one else can touch. Mm -hmm. It's in your hands. So that's pretty revolutionary. Cool. Yeah, I think I seeing, I mean, it shouldn't be, but seeing some of these big companies make these investments does does change it, right? And I think it's going to change the game of it. I think I saw also saw PayPal has recently invested. Was it fifteen million dollars? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a that's a big number, and that's it a big is. company. So yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool to see. Um, okay, so Bitcoin. We've talked about that a couple of times. Yes, but Bitcoin is just one type of cryptocurrency. Is that do I understand that right? Yes. And are there others, and how many? And like, tell me more about like. Because I think this is where I think Bitcoin is kind of like uh, post-its. We use post-its or like Kleenex. We use Kleenex instead of saying tissue paper. I feel like we use Bitcoin always and we mean like all the different types of cryptocurrency. But there's more than just Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. Except Bitcoin's the first cryptocurrency ever invented in 2008 by um, this person or group of people called Satoshi Nakamoto. We don't know who they are. We don't know if it's a man, if it's a woman, if it's a group of people, if it's a corporation, we know nothing about it. They, they had the idea, they developed the software for it, launched it and remained anonymous. We don't know who they are. And even if they're still alive, because obviously you're going to create this new kind of currency. It's not going to go down with the FBI and the government, right? You would have them at your door right away. So they still remain um, anonymous. But yes, it's the first cryptocurrency ever invented. It's the most popular. It has the most investments as well. Um, but since then, since 2008, um, we we have about 2,200 cryptocurrencies now. Wow. Yes. So can anybody just start one? Like, could I just start a cryptocurrency? I guess. <laughs> it, would, <laughs> it would have to be very savvy. You would have to really understand blockchain and technology. And really, it, it's I, I wouldn't say just everybody. I think you have to have a very deep understanding of the financial system and how do you transfer money around the world but yeah typically these are groups of developers with a lot of experience that will get together and they believe that um their particular currency is going to fix a particular problem right for example bitcoin yeah. solves the problem of sending international payments and and being able to keep your wealth the value of your wealth but then you have a cryptocurrency like xrp which is like we don't care about the general uh user what we care about is helping banks transfer huge amounts of money from one bank to the next. So that one solves a different problem. And so if you believe in their mission and you're like, I love what they're doing, I love the team, uh, I love how they're going about this, I'm gonna invest in XRP. So you can kind of think about it as a project and that's why when people ask people like, what cryptocurrency should I invest? Or they tell you, you should invest in this cryptocurrency. Uh, you know, I always say, do your research. Like, do you believe in that mission, right? Because everybody has a different way of seeing the world, a different problem to solve. So do your research before you even invest. 
but yeah, there's a lot of currencies. Bitcoin typically is the most popular and I think a really great introduction to the rest of the cryptocurrencies. Cool. Okay. One of the things that struck me as unique about cryptocurrency is, you know, we talked about inflation. I think I've heard you say before, and this is like the best quote, we got to put this on a quote graphic for you. Um, <laughs> nothing is more expensive than free money. Yes. And yeah, like right, like say that twice, nothing is more expensive <laughs> than free money. Um, because we, as we were talking about, you know, when, when more money is printed, it makes the money that we already have worth less. That's, yes. that's inflation. Um, but crypto actually solves one of that those problems because there's only a specific amount of that currency. Is that correct? Did I, do I understand that yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Bitcoin is capped. So Satoshi Nakamoto in writing this white paper to bring introduce Bitcoin to the world said there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin in existence ever. And we've held to that. Like there will only be 21 million Bitcoin. No more and no less. No government, no outside um, institution can come in and inflate the supply or sneakily you know, inflate it because we can all see it in the blockchain. So that's where a lot of investors see, okay, well, if it's scarce, then it should be able to hold value in the long term, right? You compare 21 million Bitcoin in existence with a Bitcoin and then trillions of dollars. And really the, the dollar is uncapped. You have no end goal. Like you can print as much, like God knows where we're headed towards. So a lot of, again, investors understand the importance of scarcity, right? That's, I mean, it's in everywhere. Like if you have, Ferraris, right? The reason why they're so expensive is because there's not a lot of them. Avocados here in, in Canada as well, right? Like it all comes to supply and demand. And when you have something that is scarce, then it's valuable. And Bitcoin mm -hmm. is scarce, but the dollar is not. Mm, yeah. Such a great such a great way to see it. One other thing you said that I want to pull out, which is like looking at the missions and seeing what calls to you. I think that's such a great, it's a great principle for any investment. You know, it's first of all, like go where it interests you because cryptocurrency, real estate. I have a lot of people asking us about real estate these days. Mm -hmm. um, stocks. Like there's so many different ways that you could invest. Like go also where your natural interest is and then you're, you're interested in learning. And then when mm -hmm. you're in that, also look at like, where's your passion? And I love the way that you describe crypto cryptocurrency as a project mm -hmm. and being a part of, and being on board with the mission and the vision. Because I think investing like there's, there's going to be so many different opportunities in, within any one of those fields. And so it's important to understand like which one aligns with what both your goals and also who you are as a person and what makes you feel good about investing in. Totally. So that's a great point. So we've talked about, you mentioned blockchain a couple of times. What the heck is a blockchain? This one is still a bit of a question mark for me. Yeah. So blockchain is, is um, a ledger. It really is. I mean, you know that because you're in accounting, right? Like it's just a ledger and you can kind of see well, blockchain specifically, you can track every movement of every Bitcoin. So if I send you know, my partner 50 Bitcoin and then he sends it to his mom and then his mom sends it to her mom, that's all being tracked. So we know exactly, we can account for every Bitcoin in the blockchain. It's basically like a logbook, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay. And the thing is, once it's in the blockchain, you cannot change it, you cannot edit it, you cannot manipulate it. And it's sort of the source of truth, right? And so currency is the first application right a lot of bitcoiners think that we're going to be able to move voting into the blockchain right it's no longer going to be in the hands of institutions and why is it taking so long and is this accurate no because it's going to be in the blockchain once it's in you cannot change it so there's multiple applications for blockchain it just so happens that it's starting with currency hmm. but cool. yeah okay. it, and i think a lot of the people and i kind of struggle with this and just like okay i kind of get it but why is this so cool i don't really get it like i mean it's just you know, and I, I later realized, well, I don't think that personally, I don't think blockchain is the 
really revolutionary part of Bitcoin. I think what's really revolutionary about Bitcoin is that you were able to get all these existing tools like a ledger, cryptography, digital signatures, get all of that and bring it, pull it together so that we can together as a community of Bitcoiners self-manage mm-hmm. and move together and move forward together without having that central authority. I think that's a revolutionary part. And I think the blockchain is just one aspect. So if you feel like you don't under, really understand it, it's okay. I don't think it's the most exciting part. It's it's sort of, um, it's a great foundation for it to work. Uh, and I do think it's going to grow. But yeah, if you don't truly understand it, that's all right. Yeah. Basically, if you're not turned on by us talking about blockchains, it's okay. There's nothing yeah. wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't necessarily need to understand, I don't think, anything more than what you just said. Yeah, like, just, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think when there's these words, and I think this is maybe – I feel like probably everybody struggles with this, but when we hear these words, and especially when it comes to finances, we hear these words, mm-hmm. I know I've done it, and I'm like, oh, I don't understand that. And I like sometimes retreat, or I'm like, oh, I don't get it, so I can't invest in it. So mm-hmm. I think there is something to be said for like for owning and being like, I don't understand what this word says, and I'm going to understand, you know, don't need to understand exactly how it all works, but the basic concept of it, so that then I can apply and figure out, is this the, re- the right investment for me, or go deeper in this. I think sometimes people hear these words, like even in inflation, or blockchain, or cryptocurrency, and they they automatically think, I don't understand that, so I can't do this or I can't understand this. And so right. um, I think that's an important part, you know, for anybody listening. Thanks for still listening. <laughs> so you're still like diving into what these topics mean. And also know that you can always look them up because n- nobody's born knowing this stuff. And no, no, you're not alone. No, it's, not at it's all. It's like a baptism by fire. Totally. And I yeah. have a double major in accounting and finance, and this stuff still doesn't always make sense to me. I'm still having to learn. That's no. a part of the process. Yeah. And you know what? I am sitting, seeing it in the Bitcoin community. They're starting to realize that. They're saying, listen, and, and acknowledging. They're saying, we've made it hard. We're making it really hard for the general audience to come in. We, it's on us to make that education accessible. And when I saw that, I was like, thank goodness, where were you when I started? You know. But that's great that they're starting to see that because at the end, they're all really like incredibly smart, techy people pushing the envelope. And it's great that they're starting to see it. You know, it's a bit on us that we've made it very difficult. And and, and so it, they're they're encouraging each other to explain it without very technical words. I feel like we're a little bit ahead because at Nequins, when I first started, and the reason why I, why I got hired, uh, and I said this in my podcast, was because I had no clue about it, right? They were like, okay, that's great, perfect. Because as you learn it, you'll be able to talk about it and write it in a way that is not very technical. And then you can bring uh, everybody along with you. I just love that, that they hired you to be the content and community manager. To explain this to people when you don't understand it yourself. Like, that's so perfect. So perfect. Yes, exactly. You're so great at what you do. Like, listen to the way you're explaining this. I'm like, aha, aha. Ding, ding, ding. Things are making sense. So, thank you. Yeah. Well, even like recently launched a crypto academy. Um, So, yeah, check it out. It's a, we put time into it and it's very basic. It really talks about what cryptocurrencies are, why they're important, what a blockchain is. How do you decide which platform to buy cryptocurrencies from? What fees do you have to keep in mind? Like, how do you keep your cryptocurrency safe? And that's all in like really small blog posts so that it's digestible and really easy to understand. So I would encourage everybody to check it out. As I, at least to get started and then grow from there. I will make sure there's a link in the show notes to that for everybody. So the crypto 
Crypto Academy and it's it's free, right? Yes, yes. Yes, yeah, exactly. totally free. Go learn. I mean, because we're not going to be able to talk about all the things today as much as yeah. I want to. Um, so go learn more there for sure. So, I mean, you've touched on a few of the advantages of cryptocurrency. I, you know, decentralized. Um, everybody kind of has ownership. There's a limit to how much there is. What else do you see as some of the advantages here? Of cryptocurrencies. Yeah. I think why I'm so passionate about it, I because I see it as finally bringing financial integration um, to a system that hasn't always been fair, that hasn't always been transparent. And personally, I, you know, I like I said, I, I'm from Venezuela and I grew up in the Middle East and been in Africa for a bit and came here. I have seen how hard it is to send money, right? So if I want to send money to Venezuela, well, then I have to go through my bank and then I have to go through this company that will be able to send money there. And it takes a lot of time and they charge like such high fees to be able to send money back to a developing country and they profit off of that. It's just not fair. And so uh, to me, what I really appreciate about Bitcoin cryptocurrencies is this ability that I can own that and then I can send it and do with it as I please. And I think that is bringing back the power to people, right? If you own your wealth and you're very powerful, and the reason why we don't feel powerful is because we don't have control over our money. We don't even understand money, right? And so we live our lives kind of like working really hard for something, but what are we working for, right? Where is this money going to come from? There's, it's just, I think there's a reason why we all feel a little bit like lost in this world. We're not, there's something about us that's missing and that sort of power and self-assurance and the self-esteem that comes from owning wealth. Yeah, that's so good. You know, last week I had to go to the bank and transfer some money to purchase a new property. And even though it's my money, it took me over an hour standing in the bank lineup to get my money. And I had two people coming through asking me, what are you trying to do with the money? And then when I got there, they're like, well, what is this money for? And what are you doing with it? And it was like, oh my goodness. Like, and like, trust me when I say it, we were, all we were doing was paying for some renovations and <laughs> buying a building. But like, I felt like I was a criminal. I felt like, oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And not to mention, it took me over two hours that day to move money from one bank to another. And like, that's just, it's so disempowering and so disappointing. Um, Anyways, it just made me really – I was like, what the heck is this? Like this is our own money and it's so hard to access sometimes. It's so hard to take out. There's limits to how much you can take out. Yeah. Um, you have to stand in this lineup and get questioned on where it's going, what it's doing. And like I said, we're doing you know, good things, totally legal, totally you know, normal business things with it. And I was still like, oh my gosh, what if I, what if I say the wrong thing? I was so nervous, right? Even though I'm like, no, it's just going to a legit company. You know, it's going to this company and that company. It's going into a trust account. Like, But yes, yeah, so that's so fascinating that you just said that. It's really interesting. And um, banks are only really like allowed to, well, they only have about 10% of the funds in their vault. So if everybody were to go to the bank and pull out their money, you couldn't pull out your money because they actually don't have it. Once you deposit the money into the bank, they lend it out to somebody else and they make copies of it to be able to fund and, uh, you know, gain some revenue. Right. And meanwhile, you're just like, can I please have my money back? So totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the other end of the spectrum here for a minute, because one of my big hesitations or I guess the disadvantage of this, like they've, it's annoying, it's frustrating for the bank to hold on to our money, to not be able to access it, to ask us all these questions. But then there's the other end of the spectrum. And I'm speaking to, and some of you guys may know this story, um, some of you guys may, I know personally know people who have lost money through this. Uh, one of the companies, Canadian Money, 
uh, Canadian company Quadriga last year, um, mm-hmm. their founder ended up passing away. And it, when he passed away, he was the only one with the passwords um, to access the money. And after he passed away, there was a big investigation. And it turns out that this whole – and it was a cryptocurrency exchange platform from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. I'm kind of new to this, but um, the story was enough to like <laughs> suck me into the weeds of the internet for hours <laughs> on end. Because um, there was, I think, about $185 million or something, like a very substantial amount of money yeah. that once they audited and once they tried to find this money, it turns out it was actually gone. It was actually a Ponzi scheme. And so it wasn't a legitimate currency. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a legitimate business. And everybody that had put their money in trust there, it was gone. So that is kind of the other side of where things are. So what would you say for me or anybody else thinking like the fact that because I think this comes up for us. It's like, well, it's, you know, cryptocurrency is unregulated. These kinds of stories happen and not just happening in other – like happening in Canada. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. What do you say for I have friends that, you know, were with Quadriga and this is before I started Netcoins who also lost their money there, which is, oh gosh, so hard. But yeah, I think, you know, one of the pros of not being regulated is that you can have growth and innovation at a really massive scale. Right. But we're starting to see regulation in the industry. Uh, and in fact, we as Netcoins, we volunteered ourselves to become regulated. So we've done the very hard task of inviting government oversight um, into us because, you know, we we totally understand that that having that kind of regulation helps consumers and investors feel like they can trust the exchange, that they have one less thing to fear. And that's very important for us is to, for them to understand that we're there to support them. And our president, Mitchell Demeter, uh, launched the world's first Bitcoin ATM. And he um, also just won, recently won the Vancouver Business 40 Under 40 for his efforts in spearheading regulation in the cryptocurrency industry here in Canada. Wow. So, so, you know, we're, we're, we understand the value of it and we're, we're for it. So um, more of that to come in a little bit because we're just working out the finer details now. But stay tuned for that. Yeah, I love that. That's yeah. cool. I love that you guys have volunteered for regulation because I don't know that a lot of people that would lovingly open the government regulation. But yeah. I think in this, like you said, there's pros and cons to it, and that mm-hmm. is a very real risk. And I love to hear that you guys are working to to work with the government to create regulations that are going to help investors feel safe, um, while it sounds like continuing to be innovative and creative. So that's awesome that you're finding that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I think it's I want to just mention on this piece, and this is like for any investment, whether we're talking about real estate or stocks or anything, like don't invest what you can afford to lose. Yeah. That is a really important thing. It is, I know it's not quite like going to the casino, but it's kind of like going to the casino. Like every, you know, we obviously none of us hope that we are going to lose all our money. Um, but I think we also have to be prepared and also know have our own courage and strength to know that even if we lose our money, that we will we can make it back. That we'll learn something that will come back. That there's always a way to make money, and I yes. I do believe that. Um, and so I think that's just another thing to remember that like investments, it, that nothing is ever guaranteed, no matter what it is. Um, mm-hmm. So don't invest more than you can afford to lose. And also just remember that you'll always find a way to, there's new ways of making money coming all the time. There's always ways to access it. Um, and I think it, especially as we're having creativity like this happening in our world, the innovation like this, it's I believe it's getting easier and easier to make money and create money, mm-hmm. which I think is an awesome thing for all of us and especially as women. Yeah. It, actually, my uncle once said, the sooner you can realize that money comes and money goes, you will be okay. 
And people struggle with that because they always think that money, making money is like a straight line. But in your life, you will make money at some point and you will lose money, sometimes all of your money, but you will make it again. You will be okay in the end. Mm-hmm. And that totally just reminded me of what you said. But another thing that I want to bring up too is um, there's this event every year. I think it's January 3rd. It's called Proof of Keys. And so it was, uh, and I guess it was invented by this gentleman called Trace Myers. And he encourages people to go to the cryptocurrency exchange that they're in and pull out their funds, pull out their cryptocurrencies. And that way, you know for sure that they have your money. So it's a way to test the cryptocurrency. And when I first started, we decided to do that to encourage our users to pull out their money because we were afraid. We were like, we have nothing to hide, like come out and, and, and make sure that you have it. It's a good practice. Practice that, right? Pulling your funds out. And then also the next step is moving it into a cryptocurrency wallets, right? And that's what we always encourage our users is move it to, you know, a wallet. Like we're trying to be as safe as we can. We're putting like as many safety measures as we can, but it's never too much to for you to take that step yourself is practice. How do I transfer the crypto that I have into a wallet that only I have and I, only I know the password to, right? But yeah, so I think that's a really important idea for people to have because it's not something that with our current money system that we have in our brains, oh, let me pull out the money from the bank and see if it's there. Or how do I actually keep my money secure? Have I ever tested that out? You know, mm-hmm. but with cryptocurrency, it's encouraging you to do that. You know, it says not your keys, not your, not your coins, not your keys. So it's the idea that if you don't have and own your own cryptocurrency, then you don't own it. You don't own your money and your wealth. Mm. And that's really powerful. So good. I love what your uncle said there too. Like that, a lot of good <laughs> stuff there. Um, oh my gosh. So many places I feel. <laughs> I want to just keep talking to you forever. Okay. Can you give us like a quick synopsis on what a wallet is? Because that's a term that I've heard a couple times, and I'm assuming you're not talking about my Louis Vuitton wallet. I'm assuming you're talking about <laughs> something else here. Yeah, it's it's like a you know Google Wallet. Uh, is it like Apple Pay? Uh, yeah, it's kind of similar to that. Okay, but that has like my credit cards in there. Like, yes. would I? How does that? What is it? My, yeah, how does that see what I mean? I don't understand how all this links up, so yeah. I'm learning here. Yeah, there's a couple of wallets, and, and we can share this too. And we talk about it in our um, academy as well. Um, that the Bitcoiners kind of recommend, and it is really it's, it's simple, sort of, it's literally like a USB. A lot of the hardware will look like a USB, really. Okay, small. so it's actually hardware, so it's not like a software, it's a hardware. There's two options there's software. But again, anything that is connected to the internet is regarded as less secure than something that's offline, something that is like a little USB and that you know where it's hidden. Got so it. There's, okay. There's two different wallets. So there's a software wallet, a hardware wallet, and really it's pretty simple. It's so much easier than you think. Like cryptocurrency exchanges will allow you to transfer to um, these wallets. So yeah, it could be online or it can be offline. We typically recommend the offline wallets, so like the USBs, because they are more secure and more safe, right? Like it can't be really hacked. Cool. Okay. And I just go, like I just go to Amazon or something or like yeah. buy a cryptocurrency wallet and yeah. then I get one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. I love it. Okay. So <laughs> how would I, or how anybody listening, like how do we go by actually buying cryptocurrency? Like do I have to go to the ATM? Is it in Vancouver? There are ATMs in Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like how do you go about buying it? Yeah. Where do yeah. we start? There's many options. Um, there, so 
to the ATM, what you would do is deposit cash into the system and there's a scanner there and you would put, let's say if you have your wallet on, on a software online, you would just scan it and then it would send that amount of Canadian dollars equivalent to Bitcoin straight into your wallet. Pretty simple. And they'll take a fee. Um, there's also, uh, you can go to a brick and mortar store and you talk to a person and they'll help you go through that process, but then you have to pay them the fees. Mm. right or there's like uh, websites like localbitcoins.com and you sort of find somebody that is willing to sell and you go meet a person to transfer that if you do that please go to a police station to the craigslist section make sure you're safe you know it's just like you would with craigslist right you always want to be safe when you're meeting a stranger it's not just mm -hmm. cryptocurrency it's craigslist mm -hmm. everything facebook marketplace everything but i like the easiest way is online cryptocurrency exchange because you with netcoins for example you just create an online account you deposit your canadian dollars through interact you transfer for example if it's pretty quick you see the canadian dollars there and then you click oh, i want to buy bitcoin or i want to buy ethereum or litecoin and then literally it's it's that that quick it's wow. like a couple of minutes and you just do it from the comfort of your home anytime if the pr price of bitcoin goes down i like to say it's on sale that's when i <laughs> rush to buy and people are freaking out when the price goes down with my family, I joke all the time. I'm like, Bitcoin is on sale, you guys. Um, <laughs> you know, stock off a little bit, but um, yeah. So it's really comfortable. So it's anywhere, anytime from the comfort of your home. And then you're sort of holding that process. Okay. So how do you guys make, how does Netcoins make money then? Like are there fees when we buy, when we sell, when we make money? Like how does that work? Yeah. So if you deposit, um, so fund your account, that's all free. And also when you pull out cash, it's free as well. It's We're making more money when you're trading with cryptocurrency and it's a minimal amount. It's kind of like Forex exchange trading, right? Like you're going to pay on, on the difference of what you've bought. And that's similar to cryptocurrency exchange. Cool. Uh, and yeah. we, I was going to say this for later, but I might as well throw it in here now. We'll remind people at the end again. But Netcoins okay. actually has a really special gift for our listeners today, right? Can you tell yes. us a little bit about that? Yes. So we are inviting all the listeners here that, um, you know, want to test out the crypto waters and they're like, oh, I'm a bit scared or I don't want to put my money in because I'm afraid of losing it. We're offering you $20 worth of Bitcoin. So if you go in, then you'll be able to get access to that. And it's on us. Amazing. So cool. Okay. So if you guys want to get started and go take your $20 of free Bitcoin, yeah. go check it out. we got a special link for you in the show notes. Um, go take advantage of that. And thank you so much to NetCoins for doing that for our listeners. That's so special. And I know that people are really going to appreciate it. So thank you. Yes. Of so course. Cool. Hopefully so cool. it removes a barrier. Uh, I'd say so. It gives you yeah. a great incentive. Like where else do you get 20 free dollars? That's amazing. Yeah. So great. Totally. Just for listening to this podcast. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so how does it work? Like, do you have to buy, because Bitcoin's around, I think, $20,000 US for right one. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, not everybody has $20,000 that they can or want to invest. Is there ways to buy just fractions of that? Or do you have to buy the, do I have to put down $20,000 US to buy Bitcoin? No, you can buy fractions of it. <sighs> That's the amazing thing. It's not like an Amazon stock where you have to, I think it's like a 3000 so you have to save the 3000 and put it in. You can buy fractions of it. You can buy as little as $10 if you want. If you're really risk averse and you're just like, I don't want to put too much money. I'll try with a little bit, you know, the, what's that, like two cups of coffee. Um, <laughs> and so really that's something that's kind of can be a great idea is to buy little bits of Bitcoin spread out over a longer time versus buying like a bunch of Bitcoin in one go, right? It can be a bit more sustainable to buy 
maybe, you know, $10, $50 once a month and, and build from there. That goes a really long way. In the long term, it's going to pay off because yeah. if you're looking at the price of Bitcoin every single, like all day, every day, which is what some people do, then you're going to go crazy. You wouldn't do that with your stocks. Why would you do that with Bitcoin? Well, right? the, the thing is, I think there's, there are people that do that every day with their stocks. So it's called day trading and people yeah. obviously are doing it with Bitcoin too. But I'm assuming for most people listening to this podcast, you don't want to be in there every single day, yeah. right? You don't want to be doing that all the time. No, so no. this is, that's actually a great investment strategy for anything that you're buying. You know, if you come into some money or you decide to invest, even if it's a stock or whatever it is, a real estate's a little different. You kind of have to buy it all at once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a con about real estate. Um, but like, don't put, you know, if you have a thousand dollars to invest, you know, do a hundred dollars this week, a hundred dollars next week, a hundred dollars a week after, because and this is some, just going like, to tell you some of my investing stuff that I know from some mistakes and some good stuff. Um, but like no one can actually time the market. No one actually knows what Bitcoin or any other investment is going to do. And so it's more about how long it's like time in the market versus timing yes. the market. And exactly. so if you can, that's one thing that's helped me to invest too, as opposed to like, because I overanalyze this stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, well, like maybe it's going to go up because it's Tuesday tomorrow, or maybe it's going to go down because it's Friday and everyone's going to have too many beers and the price is going to go down. I'm going to lose all the like, <laughs> I get anywhere. So I find that like, that's a good, that's a great piece of advice for any investment. And so helpful in for me too to I didn't even realize that this applies to crypto too to like buy in pieces whether it's every week every month or whatever um that's such mm -hmm. a great idea because then you're not as stressed like you said if the price goes down great you're gonna buy it cheaper next time mm -hmm. and if the price goes up okay great so you made some money so it gives you I think that long-term vision which I think is really important Again, unless you're a day trader, in which case it's not not the podcast episode for you. No. Um, but <laughs> you have a lot of time. Yeah, you need a lot of time to do that, which that's you awesome. Yeah. But yeah. It, I think it's also really important to zoom out, right? Like when we look at, you know, Bitcoin in 2010, it was like, I want to say it was like 10 cents. And now it's a 10 years. Now it's 20,000. So yes, if you're focused on that every day, you are going to freak out. The price is going to go down. It's going to go up. It's all tough. But when you zoom out, you see that it just kind of goes in this direction. So once you put the money in, let it go, move on with your life onto bigger and more wonderful things. <laughs> You'll be hopefully surprised as the value of it continues to appreciate because of the Mac drop that's going on around us with the world and, and governments and banks. Um, yeah. That's a piece of advice. And then also at Netcoins, we have this, these features where you can tell it, you, you, you enter a number, say, okay, Netcoins, let me know when the price of Bitcoin reaches uh, $15,000. Uh, and so you'll get a notification and then you can buy or you say, OK, let me know when the price of Bitcoin goes down by 10 percent because I want to buy. It's too expensive right now. So there we've got features there to help you uh, know the best time for you to invest without you having to be sitting in front of a computer looking at the price. So cool. Okay. So put down your phones, everybody. You can actually go live life and make money. Yes. Yeah. It's about yeah. making your money work for you, right? Yeah. 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 And then yeah. it's interesting to look at Bitcoin as an investment too, because there's different reasons why people invest in Bitcoin. Yeah. This was actually one of my questions that I want to know from you. Like, is it, is it a, like, should I have it so I can go shopping with it? Or is it an investment? Or is it like in case the government collapses and I need money? Like, <laughs> why do I, what's the best way to use it or buy it? Or like, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I'll tell you why different people in Bitcoin invest. Some people think that it's going to be this global currency that is going to kick the US dollar out of the way and we're all going to be on Bitcoin. And then there's some people that think, well, I don't think so. I think it's going to work alongside the US dollar, for example. Uh, in being a global currency, there's going to be use case for the dollar and a use case for Bitcoin, and they can go hand in hand. Um, there's another group of people that say, yeah, sure, but that's not for another while. Like we're still building the technology. We still need mass adoption. 
Right now, what I really like is the fact that it's scarce. There's only 21 million Bitcoin. And I'm going to put my money in there because in theory, it should hold value in the long term. And then there's other people that think this is an amazing technology. I am all for it. And it's like investing in a uh, stock with like Amazon or Apple back in the early days. It's out here to stay. It's going global. I believe in that technology. And so they invested it more as a technology stock, if you will, but that's not the right word. So there's different reasons why people invest in Bitcoin. And it can also be all those three reasons, right? So it's, it's really interesting to really hear and talk to people about Bitcoin. Why are you investing in Bitcoin? What is it like? How do you see the world? And it can be really a great conversation starter at a dinner table. Yeah, I bet yeah. you have some <laughs> when you're allowed to have dinner parties for sure. I'm sure that's a hit. That's so cool. It's really fascinating. And I love too that, um, you know, if you're having those conversations, what a great way to break down those barriers of like, don't talk about money and all that kind of crap. So mm-hmm. yeah. I love that. So good. Thanks yeah, for sharing yeah. that. Of course. Yeah, no, and I was raised to not talk about money ever. And so, which is really funny because I remember my parents saying, don't talk about money in public or with your friends or, you know, how much we make or all this stuff. And look and at you now. I, I know, right? <laughs> and I'm like, no, everybody talk about money. And I mean, within a group of people and, you know, your girlfriends, for example, it's really important to talk about it and to uplift each other. You know, sometimes I have friends that they're saying, oh, I don't know, I'm just really stressed financially. And, you know, you can kind of uplift them with your stories and say, hey, I was also struggling I've made it, considered this as an investment. What about this? And it, it can be such a great way to go deeper into our friendship. Yeah, that's a great, great point there. Uh, so much of that. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's funny how, you know, we all need money. It is actually one of these amazing, conne- could be potential amazing connection points. And yeah. yet we don't allow it to be. But you're right. Like when we, there's so much to be said. Like when we talk about those subjects that are vulnerable, mm-hmm that's where real connections or real relationships are built is by being able to say, I've been there or I am there or I'm struggling with this and asking for help or asking for support or sharing inspiration or sharing wisdom. That is connection. That is relationships. That's a real friendship. Yeah. Not the kinds where you're like, oh, we don't talk about this. We don't talk about that. But let's not talk about what we don't talk about. <laughs> and it gets exactly. all weird. So. Yeah. Even with your partner as well. Like how are we going to build a life together if we're not talking about money if i'm not comfortable about money if i feel insecure if i have so many blockers you know like it's it's really important to feel comfortable with money yeah i mean your parents must be so proud now <laughs> my mom heard the first podcast and she was so happy because I, I gave her a shout out where she said uh she used to always roll into my head make sure you're the one that makes your own money yeah and and that stuck with, with me forever and it's you know what i think it's also like it might be for some women like a common sense, like obviously, but I was growing up in, you know, Latin America where at the time in my parents' group of friends, it was the husband that was going to work and the woman was staying home. That's, I did not know a woman that worked. I met one in, in the compound that we live, but she was single, <laughs> you know? So I, in my head, I was like, okay, so if you kind of work, then you don't really have a family. You know, as a kid, these are the stories that you start to kind of put together. And then, you know, I went to the Middle East. It was the same thing that I saw. And it wasn't until I came to Canada that it was like, such a different vibe. You know, women were, you know, all going to, you know, study and working hard. And so it was really cool that my mom had that foresight, given the context that she was in. And this yeah. isn't like 50 years ago. This is like 15 years ago, you know, that we, the world still has a lot uh, to do to catch up. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And you know yeah. what? I think um, so much, like, man, we could jam on this all day. Like, But like money mindset is so powerful. And I do yeah. believe that for the most part, 
our parents were doing the best they could and they were yeah. passed down from their grandparents who did, who did the best that they could. And like, everyone was trying to do the best that they could. Mm-hmm. Um, but so like the world has changed our ability to make money and access money and create money uh, and even talk about money and to have these kinds of conversations with people from around the world. It's completely transformed. And so I do think that there's some work to be done for all of us to think about, okay, what are the conversations we're going to be having in 15 years and how can we create the right mindset today to set you know ourselves up for success and yeah. our friends up for success and our children set set them up for success too because the old money stories you know don't talk about money or um marry rich which i feel like a lot of girls were told that Uh, right just marry someone successful or money doesn't grow on trees or all these great things great things that's not right all these horrible (laughs) things were said um i think being able to reprogram those things is so powerful and i think that's hopefully a part of what we're doing here today yeah for sure and and also keep in mind too that there is a reason why cryptocurrency feels taboo, right? They have made it out to be taboo. There's so many things that I think collectively we all think about Bitcoin. We're all thinking the same thing, but these were narratives from Bitcoin's early days when it was like baby, it was in its infancy. It's come a long way and it's time now that everybody really pay attention to really understand the, the impact that it's trying to have and to understand how it's affecting our money system and to realize, well, if I'm not allowed to learn about this, there's a reason, and that should be your hint because it's to their advantage for people to not understand of an alternative way to use money and to build wealth. That should be your first red flag and an encouragement to, to learn about crypto. Yeah. So good. Okay. Question specific to net coins. So can mm-hmm. I buy like all 2,200 cryptos on cryptocurrencies can i call them cryptos like i don't even know is that a lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> can i can you buy them all on on net coins or is there no. a certain amount or how does that work no we only offer seven cryptocurrencies it's a lot of work <laughs> um yeah and i bet like you have you guys gone through like how do you pick which ones to allow us to to buy how do you pick that i think it's been the most um the ones that have been in market for a long time that are, are sort of more proven that have value and that there's a lot of uh, investment so it has a bigger market cap that's sort of, I believe, what's been our focus. Um, again, I only recently joined in the last year, so I don't know how they, exactly how they went about it at the beginning. But yeah, we offer like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, uh, some stable coins, um, XRP. So yeah, you could only op- uh, buy those cryptocurrencies. And different okay. cryptocurrency exchanges will offer different cryptos. Cool. Okay. I love it. Um, So do you have any thoughts? And I'm already hearing some things around like how you guys risk assess at NetCoins, but any thoughts or advice you'd give to somebody who's wanting to get started and wanting to figure out like, where's the right place to start? What's the right amount? What's the right type? Where like, what advice would you have to that woman or or Mm -hmm. this woman sitting right here? (laughs) What advice do you have for us? I would say, oh, this is a good one. Um, I would say, do not be afraid. This is a very bold move you're doing. It is huge. It's huge for a reason because it is the future of money and the future of financial technology. Okay, we're really at the early stages. It's normal for you to feel afraid and fearful of something that you don't know where it's going, right? And and accept that. Every time you go by, you're gonna be like, oh, is, is this the right decision? Be friends with that fear, okay? And also know, that you don't have to put a lot of money, you just put in a little bit of money. And, and remember that buying cryptocurrencies, buying Bitcoin, if you're gonna start with Bitcoin, is sort of very revolutionary of you because it's saying to all these powerful forces you know, on, on top of us, 
It's saying, well, you know what? You don't get to decide what happens to me financially. I'm going to access my own money and I'm going to keep it. And that's very powerful. That's a very bold and powerful thing to do. And the more that women can do that, I think we'll start to build wealth collectively. And when we start to build wealth, then we start to change the world. Because I think we're more philanthropic by nature. So you're mm. going to start to see uh, huge shifts in, in a woman's confidence and in the projects and businesses that will start to develop. And I think that's a way of changing the world. Oh my gosh. I'm like clapping. I am cheering. I'm jumping up and down for everything you just said there. It's so yes. good. Yes. Don't so. let fear stop you from trying though, because it's very important. You are going to feel fearful. And when you go open that, you know, Netcoin's account, I hope you're going to be like, oh, should I start? Oh, I'm going to stop and, and think about it. Don't think about it. Try it. Just start. Yeah. So good. I think what you said, oh my gosh, I would just could break down so much of that. But you know, I think it's with it's with anything. Anything new you try, you're always going to have that voice in your head and lots of the voice of our parents, the voice of society being like, yeah. you don't know enough. You don't – you're going to lose it all. What happens if you lose the money? What if you don't know what you're doing? You don't You don't know this. Like we always have that come up no matter what it is, whether it's going to start a business, whether it's learning about investing, whether it is applying for the job when we get that imposter syndrome because we don't think we qualify for it and women were the, the guiltiest of this. So yeah, I love that. Follow the fear. You got to move past that fear. That's so good. I mean, not saying go put all your money in. To this no. not what we're saying here well, you're comfortable. yeah start with that remember like start with a small amount if you have to but just get started yes. i love that and um, I, it reminds me okay. of do you know cheryl sandberg yes of course, yes, Lean of in. course. Love her. Lean in. so you know when she says that women feel like they have to uh have every part of the job before they even apply for it yes right? and i think that comes with investments that well especially cryptocurrencies where they think they have to understand every aspect of cryptocurrency in the blockchain you don't like when we look at a microwave we use a microwave we don't really know how it works we just know what it does <laughs> you don't have to be you, and the same thing with our phones right like just don't feel don't let the lack of knowledge be a reason why you don't invest know enough that you feel comfortable with and only invest whatever you can afford to lose or whatever you feel comfortable with losing and, and, be, and you're going to be okay. So good. This is a oh long-term game and we're here to learn. And as I learn more, I'm going to be writing about it. I'm going to be wanting to share it with all the women. So, you know, hopefully stay in touch. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. So why, why else do you think women don't invest? I mean, I think we've touched on a few of them here. Why else do you think this – and I think finances in general, the finance and technology are a bit of like male-dominated industries. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think holds women back from being in these industries and from investing and being able to hold the power and hold their money? Mm-hmm. I think it's – I think uh, – I mean, I can speak for myself. I think when uh, growing up, I was never really encouraged to be a leader. I was more encouraged to make my life work. <laughs> you know, focus on school and, and, you know, get a job and then have a partner, then have a family, right? Like just kind of float around, but never in education within my family and my culture. Oh yeah, woman, go and be a leader. And so we're kind of afraid to, to push the boundaries. And especially with money, we're afraid of losing it. Whereas I think men tend to be a bit riskier and they tend to be like, oh, this sounds like a cryptocurrency. sounds like a great idea. And so, yes, I'm going to invest in it. And women are more like, oh, I don't really know. I'm afraid. Or like the mental barriers that they have. But it's really a shame because then it kind of just reinforces that um, system that we have where women get paid less and women earn less and they build less wealth. But I, I would love to see that change. Like nothing would make me happier than to see that change. Mm-hmm. But well, I, think, I, already... I think it's a small progress. We're all working towards just pushing the envelope together. 
You are. And I want to say, Aylin, you're definitely making a huge impact on that. You know, you being here, you taking on this job when you don't know about it, like you stepping up, you – and you have such a genuine passion for it that I feel and I know anybody listening feels that you are – you're a huge part of it. You're making a difference. So – Thank you. Thank you. It's so yeah. great. And I think it is in Canada, if we can uplift ourselves and we can uplift the woman everywhere around the world, you know, again, my background is very unique because I have seen poverty in ways that the average person has not. I have seen time and time again, how women are oppressed very intentionally and unintentionally. And to me, I just, I, it really is, is very a passion of mine and a passion of Nequins too, to pull women forward. Hmm. Yeah. And, and one of my passions is to help make women rich and help make them wealthy <laughs> because I, I believe we all deserve that. And I think yes. it makes the world a better place. And because we can make better decisions, we can vote for the world we want to live in with our money. Um, I don't literally mean buying votes, just like to put that. <laughs> I don't mean buying votes. I mean, like, we choose to to use sustainable companies and shop local and and donate to causes we care about. And we do really make the world a better place. And so, I, yeah, I love that. And I'm so, so grateful that we get to connect connect on this. Um, yes. So good. Yes. So how do how do you think we continue to, to do this? Like how do we continue to empower women to get them to talk about money more, to the, get them to claim more money, become more knowledgeable? What do you think we – where do you think we go? I mean obviously you're doing a lot to start with. But if somebody's listening and saying, yeah, we need to do more, like what do they do? I think – and I always say this, do your research. And listen, you're going to come across blogs and websites that – where they talk about money and cryptocurrencies and it is so dull and you're not alone. It's not your fault if it's dull, if it's complicated. I personally sometimes find that it's to their convenience that it'd be complicated because then people just lose energy and time and just like, I can't be bothered. So I'm not going to learn about it. Right. Do your research. And what you might find, which is what I found is when I was learning, eventually I hit the jackpot with finding good resources for cryptocurrency. And once I understood it and it clicked, I became so fascinated by it that I couldn't stop talking about it. That once I understood it, it clicked. It I understood how the money system is broken and how cryptocurrency is on this really normal mission to change that. It's saying, you know what, this is not a fair system. It needs to change. It has to be quality. Once you start to really understand that, then you can't be stopped. Your life forever changes. The actions you take, the things you talk about, you can't, you know, you can't stop sharing with your friends and family. And so I think it all starts with education. Mm, so good. Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. women listening, we want you to become rich. We want you to become wealthy. We want you to <laughs> yes, make power. For you. Yes, totally. So listen to the podcasts, read the books, read the blogs, mm-hmm. watch the videos. You know, don't overdo it because we can also do that, but yeah. get get enough knowledge and then get started because I think so much – you become more aware of things once you get started. So um, yes. no more putting money under the mattress or just putting it – sitting in a savings account. Go actually invest it and do your research. You know, we're not saying go put all your money into into Bitcoin or anything like that, but yeah. start to invest and start to make a difference because we know that the world can be better when when women are wealthy and when because you, you're going to make a difference. Every mm-hmm. single one of you listening, you're, you're yes, going to make a difference for sure. And fear yeah. is a part of it. Just make it your friend. Make fear your friend. Yes, Reach it. And, and and don't 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 start tomorrow. Don't wait until tomorrow. 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 No, it's today. Take that first step. Start making those moves. No better time than today, right? So true. So true. Yeah. So I know that inequality is a passion of yours. You've mentioned it a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you really see like the future of cryptocurrency helping with inequality? How do you see that shifting? Mm-hmm. And how do you think that'll change? How do you think that'll change the world? I think, again, it's just the decision making. We're all 
aware of the decisions. We're all aware how, say, for example, Bitcoin operates. We know how it works. We're all part of it. There's transparency. We can all see how money and wealth is being managed. Um, and I think also, as I said in the last podcast, is it can be a great tool for humanitarian efforts. That if there's like a hurricane, you know, as in like Jamaica or Barbados, you don't have to send money to an institution or to your, you know, back in an institution and then the bank over there and it takes days, you know, or they can confiscate it or freeze it or censor it. You can just go and support somebody directly, instantaneously with very minimal fees. You know, you can have uh, a Kenyan farmer trying to raise money for his farm, but he's blocked because the government for whatever reasons. So he can just tap into an international economy and get the support and funds that he needs and be able to sustain his life. You know, I think a lot of people think if you make cryptocurrencies available for everybody, then it's gonna be for criminals and bad actors. But that was also what people said about the internet before it became commercial. They said the internet is gonna be for criminals, for pornographers, for it's just for thieves, it's a bad thing. And they're saying the same thing with cryptocurrency. But there's more good people than there are bad people. And more good has been done than bad has been done. Mm. So I think I think to say that it's going to be used for bad things is just an easy way to cop out. So it's, it's a great tool. Yeah. I think that's so fascinating because I think in my – my perception, I don't know what other people says too, but like it's this whole cryptocurrency has kind of felt a little bit like a bro culture mm-hmm. or like a little bit of like tech and like, uh, like I don't know what the word is, like speculation and heat and like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but like this yeah, overboiling totally. point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even though I'm not really saying, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like, it's a feeling like, and so it's so cool to hear you talk about it in the sense of humanitarian efforts and what's possible and like leveling inequality and giving people these opportunities that they wouldn't normally have. So mm-hmm. that's what's really cool. And um, it's just so different than than it's – and this is what I love also about wealth and about making money is that when we recognize these things and we recognize that our money can actually really change the world and that's where power comes from. It's from us taking ownership of understanding money, of having the courage to say, I want it and I want to use it to make the world a better place. This is one of the ways you can do that. And that's what's so amazing about it all. It's just like – all comes together beautifully. Yes, yes. And nothing says it shows somebody else who you are as a person and the way that you spend money. Yes. I well, I always say um if like one of the first things I do with my private clients is I look at their I like send me some bank statements. What are you spending your money on? And show me your calendar. What are you spending your time on? And that is how you're going to figure out what your values are. Not the values you circle on a sheet when you're when someone tells you to circle it in your career planning class or you go to a conference and they tell you circle the words because everyone circles the same stuff, family, uh money and religion maybe and uh travel. But like yeah. really, what do you actually not the things that you're saying, but like what do you actually live as your values because that's 100% where your money and your time, the way you spend those two things really says a lot about who you are. And you got to make sure those things are really aligned up to what your values really are. And who you you say you want to be is who you really want to be and is who you're being. Yes. Yes. And also when you have uh, money that is centralized, right? And so say the government can now see, uh, well, you know, who you are and how you're spending your money and then be able to like, say, for example, if maybe they're not into you know, gay rights and every gay person now has their accounts frozen. That's what, these are the real life things that can happen and does happen around the world when money is centralized. With cryptocurrencies, it's not. And so then it's a way more fair system. Wow. The things that we are so blessed to not have to worry about in Canada where we're recording this. And I know that we've got listeners from around the world. um, And so I just want to say like, this is such a, you know, 
yeah. we see you. We know that these are things. And I hope that this is one of the ways that we can change the world is through yeah. cryptocurrency. So cool. And like you're saying, I, I would I want to see more women in cryptocurrency and in finance in general and in investments in money. I want to see more women, but you're right. Cryptocurrency is very male dominated right now. And you start, you're starting to see more and more women go in and ask questions and talk about it and do awesome videos explaining cryptocurrency as well. And that makes me so happy. And I want to see more women in there. I love it. Okay. Yeah. So get in there, girls, learn about it and then yeah. share it. <laughs> so good. Okay. So um, one more time, we're just going to mention this, that NetCoins mm -hmm. does have a special gift for all Golden Girls listeners, $20 worth of Bitcoin. And we're, there's a link in the show notes. I want to make sure everybody knows that really easy. So, you know, take that $20, maybe take another $20 from a cup of coffee and invest a little this week, invest a little next week and see what happens. See how it goes. Yes. But, I mean, don't invest all your money. I don't. I don't know if it's going to go up. We're going to go down. I don't know those <laughs> answers. Don't have a crystal ball. Uh, but it's a great way to get started. And I think you know sometimes just make fear your friend, as Eileen yes. says, and actually just get it done. So cool. Jump in. Jump in. As my sister says, uh, jump and the net will appear. Oh yeah. So and good. that's not just cryptocurrencies. It's financial. Get that financial wealth. Go get that money. Get the money, girls. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so before you go, I've got a few questions that I like to ask all my guests when okay. I remember, and today I remembered, which is good. Um, so what's, <laughs> what's the favorite book that you've read lately? Oh, my favorite book is uh, – not lately because I, I don't want – I've recently read The Bitcoin Standard. Really heavy okay. book. Um, I don't recommend it if you're just starting out. So, But I will talk about um, book Unbroken by Lauren Hillenbrand, I think it is. Un unbroken? Book. I'm broken. Real life okay. story. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. It's amazing. Okay. Um, so what advice would you give your 25-year-old self? I – well, actually, when I was in my 20s, I was very stressed and I didn't know why. I couldn't figure out how to do things right. Like, what, how do I do my career? How do I do my money? How do I do anything right? Like, you're just kind of running as fast as you can and you just have no idea what's going on. I felt like such – turmoil inside and I was stressed and I didn't know why I was stressed so I would say your 20s are going to be messy and they might be the messiest time of your year it's okay it's going to get easier and you're going to find like this inner peace just keep going Oh, so good for anybody listening at any age. Yeah. Okay. So I know you, Venezuela, Egypt, I mean you're here in Canada now so mm -hmm. do you like poutine? I do, yeah. Okay. So are you a cheese curds or are you a shredded cheese kind of girl? Cheese curds. Vegan okay, cheese curds. Thank you. Oh, vegan cheese curds. Okay. I haven't yeah. tried those. I love it. Do you have a favorite? You're in Vancouver, right? I am. Yeah. What's, what's your favorite poutine place in Vancouver? Oh my gosh. I'm blanking. It is the one on Davy. Oh, Fritz. Yes. Fritz. Yes. yes. Mine too. So good. I Shout out it. to Fritz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's embarrassing to admit this, but I feel like I'm in a safe space and the guy there, like he totally knows me and he's like, yeah. the owner's <laughs> like, hey, you're back or hey, it's been a couple weeks. And I'm like, oh, I know. Hi. <laughs> It's so good though. Fritz and La Belle Patat. Those are my two favorites in Vancouver. Okay. Sometimes you just need poutine. Like there is, yes, you just need it. You just do. And if you're listening and you're like, I'm not Canadian. I don't know what the heck they're talking about. In Canada, it's like the best food in my opinion. It's gravy, fries, and cheese curds. That's the traditional. I'm a cheese curd curd girl too, but you've heard some of our other guests have been shredded cheese. And oh, I got to just no. start, I, I Thank you. I know. I need to start vetting people on this before I let them on the show. <laughs> <laughs> like when they fill out the form and let me know, like, but first of all, are you curds or are you shredded cheese? If you're shredded cheese, you can't come on. <laughs> oh, it's not the same thing. Not the same. No, you got to have yeah. the cheese curds. Um, okay. So what about you personally? What is a big goal that you are working on? This is the Golden Girls podcast. So I have to ask that, right? Yeah. Personally, 
at eating healthier. I think I was just talking to my partner and saying that my goal for 2021 is to be able to make really delicious exotic meals and, and to really see cooking as a project and not an everyday chore. Oh, um, what yeah. a cool perspective. What a cool, I love that. So delicious. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe in like daily goals and monthly goals. I, I'm, too, I fluctuate too much. If it can be my project for the year, then I'm all for it. So I'm hoping to learn how to cook more Middle Eastern food and more Latin American food. Uh, Sounds you know, delicious. That, yeah. So that's probably what I'll be working on in the next little bit. Cool. Okay. And last question. What do you want everybody, everybody who's listening to this, what do you want them to walk away with and do right now? I hope that they feel like they can breathe deeply, that they can say, oh my gosh, it has not been me. I am not the problem of why it's been so hard to accumulate wealth, to understand cryptocurrencies. It is a system that is set up that has made it very difficult for the majority of people to enter. It's not you, but you can start small and start with a little bit education and, and trying a little bit with a little bit of your money. Don't be afraid. And it's a long-term project. It's not a, like you're going to understand it right away. So give yourself that patience and that acceptance and grace. And, and I think, you know, hopefully the good things will come for you. Such good advice. Oh my gosh. Aylin, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you to NetCoins for giving our listeners that special gift. And I <laughs> I learned so much. I, you know, love the mission that you're on. I think mm-hmm. your your heart and your passion is in the right place. And I can't wait to see what you and NetCoins do to help women become more wealthy around the world. Yeah, thank you for having us. Like it's not a very sexy topic. So thank you for being so courageous for questioning and asking and wanting to learn. That is huge. And I'm so glad that we got to meet you and, and have this opportunity. It's been such a pleasure. And I can't think of anybody better to talk about this now. So thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. I mean, my mind is blown. I literally ran downstairs after recording that and I peed, of course. <laughs> and then I told Troy, let's go invest in cryptocurrency. <laughs> Here's what really stands out to me about this interview and about learning this. So first of all, I loved learning about cryptocurrency and I hope you did too. I thought it was so fascinating to hear what NetCoins and ALN are all about, and that's educating women. And I know for myself, and I hope for you too, that you're not going to use the excuse that you don't know anymore. I I mean, I know I no longer can say that I don't understand it because now I really do. I want you to remember that I'm not an investment advisor, and I really do encourage you to do your own research and education. And listening to this podcast is a great place to start. So thank you so much. One more thing I wanted to say. I've been reflecting on this about my own risk tolerance and investment strategy and how cryptocurrency might fit in. So here's kind of what I'm thinking in case it might be helpful for you. When I think about my investments, I always like to have some stability first. And honestly, Troy and I keep things pretty boring and simple and (laughs) money-making. We use a lot of ETFs. So we're not going to make 20 or 30 or 50%, but we're also not going to lose that much. And we try and keep that money there for retirement and even emergencies if needed. Another part of st- stability, though, is diversification. And so we do actually put aside a certain amount of money, a couple thousand dollars a year, that we like to play with. And that's probably where I'm going to fit cryptocurrency into our existing strategy. I don't think we're going to put our whole retirement savings in there right now, but I think it's a great place to get started. And I think I love what Aylin said. Same thing we've done with our ETFs. We've bought them slowly over time. I think I'm going to do the same thing with some sort of cryptocurrency and I'm really excited to give it a try and maybe fill you in in a couple of years and let you know how it goes. I want to give out a special shout out. First of all, a huge thank you to Aileen for coming on here and a shout out to NetCoins as well. 
If you haven't already heard of them until now, and I hadn't until they reached out to me, they are on a mission to make buying and selling cryptocurrency an easy and successful experience for all Canadians. They've been around for since 2014, and what I really love about NetCoins is that they believe that the whole point of cryptocurrency is to create financial sovereignty and give people their power back. They also understand that crypto is new, it's strange, and can seem risky. I mean, I had all of those reservations too, and I'm still going to have to work through them. What I really appreciate is that I feel like they've done a great job of building trust by helping take the guesswork out of crypto and helping educate us and delivering results. They've got a simple, streamlined onboarding. They've got free fee transparency, 24-7 instant trades, and a passionate customer service team. I can already see how NetCoins is going to make it super simple and easy to understand, sell, and trade crypto. What I love is that they have given all of our Golden Girls podcast listeners, you as well, free $20 worth of Bitcoin just for signing up. There's a link in the show notes, and I know I'm definitely going to give it a try. So thank you so much to NetCoins, and you'll have to let me know how it goes. Again, maybe don't put all your retirement fund in here. I know I'm not doing that, but I think it's going to be so fun to get started and learn and get educated. So there you have it. Basically, just go get educated. (laughs) Not knowing is no longer an excuse. Here's what I want you to take away, and I know Aylin and I are so aligned on this. If you want to do great things in this world for yourself, for your family, for your community, for others, getting wealthy and taking control of your money is an important place to start. Whether it is cryptocurrency, the stock market, starting a business yourself, maybe real estate or anything else, I just encourage you to go and get educated and get started. The world needs more amazing wealthy people like you. Thank you so much for listening. If something spoke to you, send me a message by sharing this episode and tagging me on social media. If you know someone who would love to hear this episode, please share it with them too. Because I love surprises, make sure you subscribe to the Golden Girls podcast today. It's the only way to find out about bonus surprise episodes and make sure you don't miss a single beat on your golden journey. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you in the next episode of the Golden Girls podcast.